what's going on, guys? Welcome to the Just the West podcast. I'm your host, Just the West, and I have two of my co-hosts on the line. I have T Up and Camo. Uh, it is on a it's on a Tuesday night, fellas. What up, man? Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you, man. What's up? All right. Just uh, some technical difficulties was good. Tee up. You just came back from from Europe, right? Yes, sir. Mm -hmm. I went to Barcelona for the Euro Cup. Yeah, I was there for a week and good tapas, good uh, blueberry mojitos, and um, also got to see the FC Barcelona game and uh, one of my idols, uh, Leo Messi. No Pretty kidding. Awesome. Oh, shit. Right on. Camo, what about you? How's, uh, I mean, I know it's been a bit now, but how's, you know, being a father and stuff? Fathering. How's fathering, Camo? <laughs> Fathering, it's been uh, like three years, uh, you know, uh, appreciate, you know, the warm wishes for the new baby. Uh, no, it's, it's good, man. Just, you know, living that, uh, that daddy life, uh, mixed with, uh, you know, fall vibes and pumpkin spice lattes, you know, life's good. So for FYI, for those listeners, uh, my boy Camo, he was, well, he's been throughout the country, but he was in the Bay Area. And now he's in Seattle, in Seahawks territory. So he's making real solid with yeah. what they do well in Seattle. So yeah, people are people here are, are sad about a, a, that Will Disley injury. Let's get to that, man. So NFC West Week Six was oh my god, it it was pretty interesting in the NFC West. And so you had the Niners. <laughs> Though San Francisco 49ers, they remain the only undefeated team in the NFC Conference. They are 5-0, 20-7 victory over the Rams at LA. Um, you have the Seahawks, second place. They're 5-1. They, uh, well, it didn't look so good first, but Russell Wilson and that offense made it happen. They beat the Browns at Cleveland. And so they're at 5-1, second place. And speaking of that Niners victory, they played at L.A. And the Rams, for the first time in the Sean McVay area, dropped three straight. So the Rams are now 3-3. Three and three, And we'll talk about it in a bit, but they made some moves after that devastating Niners loss. They, uh, they made actually they made three, three acquisitions. We, we can talk about that in a bit. And then last but not least, but certainly not least, the Cardinals. The Cardinals are 2-3-1. and one. one being the tie, but they're coming off their hope, well, hopefully more to come, but their first home win of the season where they, they won 34-33 against the Falcons. So, having said that, I mean, um, fellas, let's just go ahead and get right into it. Um, did you guys watch that Niners-Rams game at L.A.? Oh, yes, man. Oh, you were there, Tia? Yeah, man. I was there. It was a. Uh, it was a great game. It was. It was a. Luckily, it wasn't too hot because you know the LA um, late summer could get pretty warm over here. But it wasn't too bad. It was nice. Uh, we got tickets in the shade, and I was pretty excited. You know, expecting delegation to show up as the delegation. There's pretty big delegation in here, but. I showed you guys the pictures. If you saw it on my IG story, like it was like ninety percent red in the stands. Like it was just, uh, it was crazy. So <laughs> like a home game for sure. So, I mean, the craziest thing about it was, I mean, LA they they they've been without football for a couple of years, but it wasn't just the Rams game. The Chargers Steelers game on Sunday Night Football it was pretty bad as well in regards to the attendance, right? So that's what it looked like. Yeah, man. Uh, what about you, Kevo? Did you check out the game? Yeah, I was able to to uh, find a stream on Reddit. I was able to get a pretty good feed for the game. Um, yeah, it was a uh, you know this whole this whole season. It, you can definitely see how the additions the Niners made it on on defense are definitely paying off now. Um, they're they're just. Their defense is just ferocious. I mean, I'm sure you have the stats on how many points they've allowed collectively, but um, you know, back-to-back weeks to hold opponents to less than 10 points is pretty impressive. 
the thing that, um, man, in regards to a statement game, and, and tell me, uh, let me know your thoughts after this statement, but, you know, going into this game, the Niners were 4-0. A lot of people were saying, a lot of skeptics were saying, you know, the Niners haven't really played a legitimate team. Let's see what's up with these Rams. And, you know, given the context of it, the Rams played Thursday night. The Niners played Monday night. And so the Rams had four additional days to get their shit together. It was at L.A., at home, in a situation where, you know, it's pretty early in the season, but I kind of consider this a win now. It's a big statement game within the division. Um, And they've never lost three in a row. And the Niners... Off a shorter week, they did it. But not only did they do it, they just, um, I don't know if you saw the stats, but Jared Goff was 13 for 24, 78 passing yards, um, 0 for 11 on third and fourth down conversions. Just mentally, the Rams just knew they had no answer for that Niners defense. So, tee up. Kamo, let me ask you this. I mean, is this the Niners' first legitimate win that kind of toots their horn as being legitimate contenders in the NFL? Or do you think that the Rams aren't that good right now at this point? They're, you know, Because obviously they've had their share of injuries as well. Um, their offensive line is struggling. Aqib Tlaib, he didn't play, and they, they put him on injured reserve thereafter. I mean, what, what is it? Is the Niners good or the Rams are, 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 are failing? You get know what I'm saying? Um, yeah, I mean, I think it's, yeah, for sure. I think I think it's kind of a combination of both. Um, like I said before, I really feel like the Niners' additions of you know D Ford and Quan Alexander and you know Nick Bosa coming into his own in the rookie year, you can really see you know this this especially the front seven uh, making a huge difference. So yeah, I, I heard the arguments that. The, the Niners hadn't, you know, really played anyone. It's just, just a smoke screen. Um, and this, but this was a convincing win. And just looking back at the, you know, early games of the season, you know, it's not like it's not like they're winning these games, uh, you know, ten to seven or you know, fourteen ten or anything like that. You know, they're putting up the numbers as well. So Jimmy G is coming into his own, um, building rapport with the receivers. George Kittle's playing really well. And on the, on the flip side, I'd say the, the Rams, you know, I think it could be a case that teams are kind of fig, figuring out McVay um, in his third year. Like you said, first time losing three games in a row. You know, they're definitely spiraling a little bit, especially with Gurley out. So, uh, But I, I give that nod to uh, the, 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 the Niners being for real more than the Rams kind of flustering. Right on. What about you, T up? Yeah, no, Camo, he hit on all the good points. And um, something I do want to emphasize, you know, obviously our, our defense is uh, is just firing on all cylinders, but our running game is just impressive. Yeah. Even with uh, check out, um, I know Shannon, he was going to put us in a position where uh, it'll give it'll scheme uh, tight end. So put um, in pass protection to Jimmy, and he did so with, uh, he put Dwelly back there for a lot of the game, and in some instances, uh, George Kittle played a little little fullback too, so I'm really happy, like, uh, you know, our coaching staff and our players are just understanding, and they're all buying into the system, and it's really showing right now. Okay, well, conversely, we're talking about this defense, the Snyder defense has been playing stellar through the first five weeks, I think they have. Uh, the second-rated pass defense, which is we compare that to last year, it's unheard of. They have seven interceptions already. Um, their pass rush, like you mentioned before, D Ford hit an elite grade of 91.2 per pro football focus this past week. Bosa was doing his thing. Buckner, Armstead, you even saw a little bit of Solomon Thomas with that sack against Goff. Uh, really encouraging signs from the defense. But, I mean, conversely, you know, this offense, uh, at least this time around, they didn't really run too well. I mean, they averaged about like 3.3 yards per carry. Don't quote me on that, but they were okay. Um, you know, the passing game, while it was decent enough to get it along, it's it's not like, um, you know, for, for the fifth time in a row, it's not like Jimmy Garoppolo really had to do much in terms of um, throwing the ball downfield. Um, 
So I'll, back to you, Cabo. I'll, I'll ask both you guys this, but Cabo will go first. Let me ask you this. Are you a bit concerned with this passing offense? Are you concerned with Jimmy Garoppolo? Or, I, I mean, some people are kind of, you know, if you had to complain, uh, that's one thing that people point their fingers on, you know? Yeah, yeah. You know, and I think, I even think was George Kittle kind of made a joke about it after one of the games saying like, oh, this is a, maybe this is the reason why Jimmy G needed to throw five interceptions in, in practice or whatever. But I still feel like, you know, he's still coming off the injury, still making that rapport with the receivers. Um, I think the Niners still have yet to identify that, that one, their number one guy. You know, Kittle is obviously the top uh, pass-catching target. Um, but like he has said, the, run, the running backs have, you know, you can give them a lot of credit. I think, you know, we're not even through halfway through the season at this point. Um, I, I'm confident that they're going to build that rapport. Uh, you know, Pettis has had a couple good games with some good, good passes. Um, you know, Goodwin, I, I honestly, is a little bit of a disappointment. Uh, I like Debo Samuel a lot, though. I think he's a rookie's really... Uh, make a statement to be, uh, to be that, that guy. Okay. What about you, TF? What say you with Jimmy G in that passing game? <clears throat> yeah, uh, Dante Pettis, I'm really happy. Uh, you know, last week he, he did have that uh, that one drop that, was, that would have converted the first down, and it would have been a walking touchdown. And, you know, it was the only, I believe he only had one or two targets last week, but this week I'm happy, you know, he put him in he put Pettis in a position where uh, to succeed, and Pettis he took advantage of that. I believe he had three exceptions for 48 yards, something along those lines. And, you know, he set him up in the slot a few times too for for those uh, those short dick dunk type of passes to get to get that uh, possession catch. Uh, I'm really happy he bounced back. Uh, on the other side, you know, Jimmy, there is a little, there is still some concerns. I guess it's like on the fundamental side, he, he, it looks like it appears he's throwing flat-footed on some of his throws, especially when he's under pressure. He's throwing off his back foot, which, uh, you know, they are long when defense just start applying more pressure in that pass rush. You know, there is a threat of uh, throwing up a duck and defense going up and getting it. But for now, you know, hey, we're getting our wins. Jimmy G's, he's moving the chains and we're scoring touchdowns. All good. All good. All good. Let's talk a little bit about Rams on the flip side then, because I mean, here's the thing: they lose seven to twenty at home on a must-win game. And as you guys know, I mean, the trade deadline is right around the corner, but they uh, it, it didn't take that long for them to make some moves. If you got guys on Twitter, Adam Schefter, uh, ESPN, and whatnot. I'll go ahead and say the moves, and we can talk about it in a bit. Um, as of today, which is Tuesday, October 14th or so, October 15th. It's crazy. So Marcus Peters, cornerback for the Rams, he was traded for Kenny Young of the Baltimore Ravens. He's a linebacker. The Rams also received a fifth-round pick. So you're like, oh, what What the hell? They just traded the starting cornerback uh, after news that Akeem Tlaib was placed on injured reserve. He's going to be out for the next eight weeks with a rib injury. So they lose their other other starting corner. But what do they do in response to that? They actually, I don't know if you guys heard, but Jalen Ramsey with the Jaguars. Yeah, man. Uh, the Rams traded two first-round picks in 2020, 2021, and a fourth-round pick for the rights to get arguably the best cornerback in the league in Jalen Ramsey. Um, they're they're going to have to pay him a handsome amount. And they also uh, got a little bit of help on offensive line. They sent a undisclosed draft pick, which is probably going to be a fifth rounder, to the Cleveland Browns, and they uh, get the rights to interior lineman Austin Corbett. He's a uh, center interior lineman that was, you know, he was the 33rd pick overall just a year ago. So I guess the Browns gave up on him, but... All in all, you have Marcus Peters out, you have Austin Corbett, and Jalen Ramsey in. Kema, what are your thoughts about these moves? I mean, especially midseason. Yeah, I mean, like, I mean, I feel, I feel like, 
you know, these mid-season NFL trades are pretty rare to begin with, but to have, like, some of these marquee names going um, mid-season is exceptionally rare. Uh, we all know that Ramsey wanted out, like, like a month ago now or something, and you've got various excuses of why he wasn't playing, blah, blah, blah. But um, to me, this, this looks like a desperate sort of move on the Rams' part. Like you said, they're 3-3. Three and three. Last year, they gave up a ton to bring in um, Marcus Peters, Dominican Sue, uh, Akito Khalid, and all those guys are now gone, right? Yeah, so, and now they're doing again, some more. I feel like at this, yeah. at this point, you know, it's LA. They're trying to, they're trying to, you know, show up, you know, do do try to do their fans a solid. I guess by saying, oh, we're bringing the best corner in the league. But again, that's it's only going to address one one of their issues, um, you know. So it's not a surprising move. I guess a little surprising on the him moving all the way to the NFC West. But um, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I like exactly what you said. It 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 solves, I guess. You know, they addressed the issue with the secondary, which, in my opinion, wasn't. If they created a to-do list, I wouldn't say that's pretty high on the to-do list. But if they're going to center their their future around this elite quarterback, <laughs> I don't know. Okay. I think it's a it's a very uh, panicky type of vibe coming from that move. You know, Jalen Ramsey's not going to score any touchdowns. He's not going to protect uh, Jared Goff, and he's not going to help the run game, which is really lacking in, in L.A. right now. So... I don't know. That's a very questionable move if I would be a, a Rams fan. Let me ask you guys this then, because, you know, they made not one, but they made three trades. They traded Marcus Peters away. They get Jalen Ramsey. They get some help on the interior line. Um, given Joe Noteboom, guard, uh, he's out for the season. He had an injury this game as well. Um, pretty tough for them at, at this point to... You know, pick things up, but there is still plenty of time. You know, with with this with these three trades, though, like let's just say they did these trades before they played the Niners um, at LA for for week six, for example. So, with that being said, do you think it would have made a difference in the outcome of the game, or do you think the Niners still would have won twenty to seven? Yeah, I mean, I feel like. Um, I mean, obviously, something that media would have taken time, you know, for a player like Ramsey to get adjusted to the system. He has been playing in a few, in a couple weeks, anyway. So uh, I feel like it would have made a, a huge outcome. Um, you know, I'm trying to think of who, if he was out there, who who he would have been lined up against from a receiver perspective. So either Goodwin or or Samuel. Yeah. Um, you know, I would say, yeah, yeah, I would say the result probably would have been the same, maybe a little bit closer, um, but yeah, I don't think it would be different. Okay, okay. Well, we'll find out in due time. I mean, Niners are, it's still, someone pinched me, by the way, but the Niners remain undefeated 5-0, and the Rams are 3-3. Three and three. Crazy. It's, it's, it's fucking crazy. So let's go ahead and get to the next game in the NFC West, which is the second place, guys. The Seattle Seahawks and shoot, they're five and one. They had some really close, close victories against the Bengals, the Browns. Uh, this game, thirty-two to twenty-eight. They barely beat the Rams, thirty to twenty-nine. Um, their only loss was against the Saints at Seattle. Um, but everything else, I mean, shoot, the um, the Browns were up a sizable margin. They were up twenty to six in the first half, but then come second half. Uh, Seahawks 14-8 outscored them um, several forced turnovers you had another interception by Tedrick Thompson uh, just uh, honestly uh, I think that when you look at the ball club of the Browns versus Seattle the first thing that you note is, is just the coaching you know the Browns tend to panic Baker Mayfield once again did not have his best game but when you look at it now, uh, Russell Wilson, uh, another efficient game, 295 passing yards, two touchdowns for the season. I believe he has he has 17 touchdowns, zero interceptions, and he is he's pretty much unstoppable right now. Uh, he, 
his quarterback ratings were right around the hundreds. Uh, Chris Carson ran for 124 yards and a touchdown. I mean, they were down 20 to nine, but over time, they just played good Seattle football and they came away with this win. They came away with this win, 32 to 28. Um, Kmo, T up. What are your thoughts about this? I, I know. Well, let me ask you this, Kmo, since you're in Seattle. What's the buzz over there? Yeah, I mean, people here are definitely, um, you know, they're definitely happy with uh, their overall record. But if you look at it, all these games, the differential has been what? This game was four points. They had a nail-biter uh, early in the season. You know, all these games have been close. And I feel like it's just year after year, they're just counting on rust just to bail them out. And, you know, maybe it's just a mark of a great player. But... Um, you know, eventually I feel like it, it's not sustainable. Um, you know, the Browns are definitely underachieving team. That's an opportunity for them to win that, to win that game. Um, you know, I think I think the, the Seahawks, you know, they had issues with Carson a couple weeks ago with all those fumbles. You kind of shore that back up again. Um, you know, it's it's to be seen with them, I'd say, at this point. Okay. What about, what about you, T? What's your take on this game? Yeah, it's you know it's a little, it's a strange season for the Seahawks. I feel like they are their record is not indicative of the the way that they're playing at the moment. I guess it's just it seems like Kimmel said they're scrapping out these wins, and you know, lo and behold, they're five and one. You know, it's just, it doesn't feel like they're five and one, but they're five and one. Yeah, uh, you know, Russ Wilson is just playing at an MVP caliber at the moment. It's just, you know, their defense is not is, is just not the same. They're not creating the turnovers and creating the stops that we're, I guess, we're so used to seeing. And I guess that's just getting, getting used to not 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 seeing LOB out there. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's like, that's like the pass rush that, you know, we just, we just became uh, so accustomed to. But... And even their offense, you know, their offense is not is not high powered like it used to be. You know, the stats are good. Russell Wilson is good, and um, the running game is good. But they're passing, you know, the overall the big chunk plays that that um, we're used to seeing. It's it's just not there this year. I mean, to but your DK, um, you know, DK Metcalf as a rookie though, he he is playing really really yeah. well. Yeah, no, he had four catches for 69 yards. Um, he had one nice 35-yard reception where he just, over two guys, just, you know, out-jumped them. So that was pretty awesome. Lockett, yeah. five catches, yeah, 75 Justin, yards. Justin, what, are you, Justin, what are your thoughts on the Seahawks so, so far? You know, it's just one of those things where, you know, they're 5-1 and one for a reason. Um, maybe they're not doing it in spectacular fashion, but... I mean, five and one is very hard to. It's really hard to win in the football league, in the National Football League. It's really hard. Five and one, one is still something to put your hat on, and I think that for the Seattle team, especially for their young defense, their pass rush isn't there quite yet. Between Jadavion Clowney, Ziggy Ansah, uh, but you know what? Uh, Jerron Reed, their defensive tackle, who's been their version of DeForest Buckner, of Aaron Donald. Their one-gap pass-rushing defensive tackle. He's coming back from his suspension next week. Um, you would hope for better returns from their other rookie, LJ Collier. And so, you know, they're not playing their best football pass-rushing on the defense, but it seems like things are better things are ahead for this defense. Um, and, you know, in regards to the secondary, I mean, they had three interceptions. KG Wright, Trey Flowers, uh, Tedrick Thompson. I mean, they are making plays. It's just that um, they're just doing it in very tight fashion. And maybe you might not like some of the numbers you get out of Russell Wilson because I know that you are, you guys do side with the Niners. But Russell Wilson, is, um, he's really a franchise quarterback, and that's something that's very hard to find in this football league, mind you. A true franchise quarterback, you can lean your eggs on to win a game. For sure, no doubt. Yeah, Russell Wilson. You know, in those crunch time minutes, 
you know, you know he can, uh, he can score something out of his league. You know, that's uh, that's just the DNA that that he has. And that's the weird thing too, because there's question marks to Jerry Goff, obviously right now. Um, there's question marks to Kyler Murray. He's a rookie, promise, but he's not there quite yet. And you know what, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo. Next week when they play the Redskins, that will be his 16th career start, which is crazy to think because he's been in the league for so long, but plenty of unproven on his end. Russell Wilson remains that lone franchise quarterback in the NFC West. For sure. Mm-hmm. You know. Uh, so hey, how's the vibe in, uh, in Seattle, Camo? Like, when, when you watch the games and, like, the, the day after a Seattle game, like, what is it like? Yeah, I mean, I'd say that the build-up really starts on the Friday before. Like, I work in downtown, and there's there are jerseys everywhere. People really get into it. Like, they have those, you know, like those special 12 fan jerseys or whatever. The 12? Um, <laughs> you said yeah, oh, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Like, uh, it, 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 it's their own thing. But, uh, yeah, I've seen a ton of uh, Aussie Rust jerseys, a bunch of Metcalf ones, too, uh, for, you know, even being a rookie. Uh, you're, you know, Justin, Justin Boy, uh, uh, Tyler, Tyler Lockett, he's, he's pretty big up here. That's um, pretty cool. Yeah. You know. So, yeah, people really people are really into it, you know. Uh, I think just because you know, the other the other teams, they're still they're still pretty bitter about the Sonics not being here. They don't really talk about basketball. <laughs> oh, uh, the Mariners are Mariners are trash. Um, soccer, soccer, really the Seahawks. Okay, I can appreciate that. So twelves, baby. That's that's still a thing, right? It is a thing. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Let's go ahead and segue into the uh, last game of the of the NFC West, but it was a pretty, and this was a very enjoyable game, and this is a great home victory for these Cardinals. This is their first home game coming off the death of their owner, Bill Bidwell. Um, Dustin prayers go out to his family, but, you know, a very emotional game for them to come back at home and take this win. It's their second win in a row, and... I said this in my blog posts. Um, this defense is not that good, but if it bends a certain way, but it doesn't break, that's good enough because here's the thing. This Falcons defense isn't that good either. The Falcons offense, obviously, they're going to they're gonna score points. Matt Ryan had four touchdowns. Uh, Austin Hooper, their tight end, had eight catches for 117 yards. Julio Jones had 108 yards. Calvin Ridley had a touchdown. I mean, their offense put up points okay um but sometimes you need a little bit of luck on your side as well because the cardinals they went neck for neck with them they were actually up 20 to 7 earlier on in the game um goes down to the wire and the falcons drive down the field to get the game tying touchdown right so it is 34 to 33 in the waiting seconds of the fourth quarter with the expectation that you're probably going to go into overtime. Um, the Cardinals get the ball back with, I think, like a minute, minute and a half left. But what does Atlanta do? They miss the extra points. <laughs> they miss the extra points. And the Cardinals, they get the ball back. Kyler Murray, kind of controversial, but um, he runs out of bounds. And apparently it was enough for the first down. And the Cardinals walk away with their second victory of the season. And this was a game where Kyler Murray, it's probably his best game as a pro, 340 passing yards, three touchdowns, and check this out, zero sacks. He was sacked zero times. This was a near-perfect game from this Cardinals offense at home. And mind you, they just barely won 34-33 against the Falcons. They had to be perfect on offense because the defense wasn't that good. And guess what? They were perfect. Yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd say I'd say that at this point, um, you know, the biggest knock on the Cardinals for the last several years has been their offensive line, right, or one of the biggest ones. And the fact that they that we had no no sacks is definitely telling something. And we know the Falcons' uh, defense doesn't to write home about, but still, that, that is impressive. 
Right. So let me ask you guys this. I mean, Kyler Murray at this point in the season, um, this is probably his best game. I don't think Jimmy G has done this, by the way. I, I don't want to talk too much shit, but 340 passing yards, three touchdowns, zero sacks, um, a near-perfect game. I mean, you know, if you're the Cardinals, and this is through six weeks into the season, I mean, are you pretty much convinced, like, yeah, yeah we, we picked the right guy with the number one overall pick. This is our guy. Um, fuck Josh Rosen. We we made the right call. <laughs> Sorry. Go ahead, go ahead, go, go ahead to you. Jeez, uh, I don't know. That's a, t- <laughs> that's a tough question. I mean, <laughs> I guess he's winning games. I mean, they're not they're not winless at the moment. I mean, yeah, they have two they, two wins know, here, right? It's not like they got two wins. Um, Carla Murray isn't playing like bad by any means. You know, he's making good decisions and good throws. Um, I, it's too early to say that. You know, that's like that's like asking like is. Are the New Orleans Saints the playoff caliber team right now? Like, it's too early in the season to say. Um, and it's too early in Kyler Murray's career to say. Okay. You know, there's obviously room for, you know, there's room for improvement, but then, you know, he's going to go through his ups and downs. I guess it's just how does he rebound from those from those downs? And can he, can he bring his team um, to that new level, you know? And they're such a young team at the moment, and they're getting, you know, with a new... Uh, offense uh, established. It's, it's too determined in my opinion. All How right. about you? You know, um, I, I will always be kind of forever thankful for this direction. Kind of like the... If you really think about it this offseason, a lot of really weird shit had to happen. And it all happened. Meaning that uh, they had to hire a coach like Cliff Kingsbury who runs this air raid offense. <coughs> Um, unproven coach, but that happened. Um, you're talking about Steve Wilkes, who was the coach for one year. They fire him after one year. You get this unproven head coach. Can't believe that actually happened. Another thing that's surprising about this is, you know, they had the number one overall pick. Everyone thought it was going to be Nick Bosa or Quinnen Williams. You know, they already have their quarterback in Josh Rosen. Uh, it took a lot of balls to draft a quarterback. Outside of Josh Rosen, because he just drafted him last year. Um, but the third thing that made it kind of weird, too, was it wasn't just any quarterback. Kyler Murray was supposed to play baseball. He was supposed to be an outfielder with the Oakland Athletics, and he only won a Heisman. Yeah. Um, he only recently decided that, hey, I'm going to give this a go for football. And so if you combine Cliff Kingsbury's need for a air raid quarterback and if you look at Kyler Murray and just everything that had transpired everything happened the way it happened and so Kyler Murray's in the NFC West Nick Bosa is with the Niners and it's just a really weird feeling but having said that I do like what Kyler Murray does at this point he's he's super exciting he's something where yeah you're definitely going to feel Plenty of seats. Um, is this a winning formula down the road? That remains to be seen. But at least at this point right now, you're seeing a lot of promise from this offense. Um, conversely, too, I mean, like I said, the, the defense isn't perfect. But between Terrell Suggs and Chandler Jones, they're making enough plays, rushing the passer to make things interesting at the very least. And Patrick Peterson is coming back next week um, for the next game. So things can only get better from here. Dot dot dot. You think uh, Patrick Peterson's gonna get drug tested before his game? Fucking <laughs> <laughs> shit. Uh, it would be in his best interest to stay clean. He's he's only been gone for like uh, six games this season. You know. Uh, shout out! Oh, another random. Did they ever say what he got busted for? No, I don't. They just said substance abuse. Uh, do Do you know Camo? He used to live in Arizona. I, I, I don't know. Sorry, what was the question again? Do you know what he got busted for? He, he suspended the first six weeks of the season because of some illegal substances. Do, do you know what the deal is? Uh, lived in Arizona for two years back in like 2012. So I, I, I um, would say I'm not too too up on the times of the Cardinals and their personnel. But you're, you're a Cards fan for life, though, no? Just like is your for, oh, C- yeah, for yeah. Seahawks? What yeah. is it called? Red- 
Red Sea, baby. BC Red Sea, baby. Yeah, no. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I know that him, Peterson obviously has been, you know, big, huge part of there the whole time in his fit. But uh, I thought he'd be straight of the season, honestly. So. All right. You know, who knows? Well, I'll go ahead and conclude with the Cardinals where let's go back to some of their younger pieces. Patrick Peterson, he's coming back. That's awesome. Christian Kirk, he should be coming back from injury. That should be awesome. Um, but even in, in their defense, you know, Byron Murphy from Washington, he's been a starting cornerback. Yep. Thrust it in. He's, you know, he's, he's holding his own. That's great. And even their, their second year, I think he's second year. Actually, I'll, I'll just go with it. Second year running back Chase Edmonds. I don't know if you guys have been checking him out. Um, He's not getting a lot of work per se, but man, he's kind of like that Elvin Kamara, Devery Henderson, uh, Matt Breida t- type, where he's he's really quick and shifty out the backfield. Um, he had a nice touchdown uh, reception this week, and he had a touchdown the, the week before. Uh, I think that you're going to see a lot more of Chase Edmonds in the second half of the season. Yeah, how, how's uh, how's David Johnson doing this season? You know, you're at, at the very least, you're seeing David Johnson being used the way he should be, both as a runner and a, as a receiver. Um, he's not getting a lot of rushing yards, I'll tell you that, especially in this, you know, this big air raid style offense. But, you know, you're seeing him very active in the passing game. The week before, he had eight catches for 99 yards. This week, he had, let me let me double check. Uh, this week, he gets the, the Falcons he had... Uh, he had six catches for 68 yards and a touchdown. So they're pretty much using him both ways, both as a runner and as a receiver. And that's okay. He's versatile enough to do it. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, having said... A couple, couple, couple of last, couple of quick things before we, we log off here. Sure. Uh, what are, what, what are your, what are your thoughts and impressions on, uh, on the rookie, your, uh, your, uh, half-brethren Taylor Rapp for the the, uh, the L.A. Rams. Sure, maybe you want to go a bit of a tangent with that. Taylor Rapp, E-Dub safety, currently with the Rams, second-round pick. Uh, I'm a big fan of him because he's Asian-American and white, but he's more Asian-American than anything in my eyes. Um, You know, (laughs) very promising. Uh, He's gotten hurt the last... Couple of weeks, he hasn't been a hundred percent, but he's been very promising early. Meaning that, at least when they put him in the lineup, it, the moment isn't too big for him. He's made a, plenty of tackles uh, in the open field for that Ram secondary. Uh, but having said that, uh, he has been dealing with a nagging injury. I hope that uh, that doesn't linger. That was a concern going into the NFL that he had a couple of injuries. Uh, which affected his combine. But uh, I would say this, especially with the Rams at 3-3, three and three, uh, with some of this turnover on their roster, and with Aqib Tlaib on injured reserve, there's a good chance that you're going to see more Taylor Rep than ever. Um, they're going to need some more playmakers on that defense. For sure. Um, okay, quick Quick question for both of you guys as well. Going back to the going back to the Forty Niners, considering their next let's see one two three four next five games at home three three are at home. At what point will the Niners be defeated? Or will, will their undefeated record cease to exist? I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna confidently say that their next game this week against Redskins is gonna make them six though. That's a that's a very educated guess assessment. I I can't say otherwise unless you say the, the whole trap game factor. Uh, I think for me when I look at the schedule, so they have the Redskins. They should win that. Um, the Panthers might be kind of weird depending on. I don't know who you'd rather defend, whether it's going to be Cam Newton coming off his injury or you know that that kid uh, from Texas A&M, Kyle. Um, but that's an interesting game that they should win as well. You know, if you fast forward, they could potentially be 8-0, uh, which is kind of weird to say at, at this point in the season. Um, but off the top, I, I think their their next divisional game, um, you have the Cardinals who are going to be interesting after that. You know, it could fast forward up to like, shoot, uh, 
Week 10? Fuck. Uh, against the, the Seahawks? That's the first time they, they play them. Yeah. yeah. Week 10 is the first time they, they play the Seahawks. At, at San Francisco, Monday Night Football. That might be the first big challenge, I, I swear to God, you know, at home. Um, it's just so weird to say at this point in the season because when I looked at the schedule, there were so many tough opponents the first half, but shit, um, here we are. So, yeah, go ahead and give me the Seahawks in Week 10. What about you, T-Up? Uh, looking at the schedule, so Washington, I'm going to drop the uh, Carolina, you know, depending on you have a quarterback and those Christian McCaffrey, he's kind of tearing it up. Uh, Arizona should be a win. Seattle Monday night, that's a that's a coin toss. Um, and then Arizona again, and then that's when the rough part of our schedule gets going. Week twelve, yeah. Green Bay, and then at Baltimore, at New Orleans, <laughs> and then Atlanta. It, it just gets hard. Rams at home, and then at Seattle. That. Week 12 and on is pretty, uh, that's a rough spin of our schedule, and that's when um, we're going to get tested. But hopefully by then we are, you know, almost full squad at that point. So, you know, get the wins where we have to get the wins or where we should get the wins, and then the games that are coin tosses, let us be coin tosses and just battle for those. And that should be interesting too. I appreciate how you kind of narrate the schedule in the latter half of the season because – you know, by then, Mike McGlinchey, Joe Staley, Akela Weatherspoon, Kyle Yischek, they should be back, hoping that they don't get any other injuries. But the second half of the season might be very interesting. Um, this offense has been adjusting, obviously, on the fly with all these injuries, but it might serve them well because they're going to be tested in the second half. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, I mean, I'm looking at the Seahawks schedule. They, their bye is week 11. And then week 12 is at Philly, and then they host Minnesota, and then at Rams, at Carolina. That's kind of a hard part of the schedule. Yeah. Shoot. Minnesota's rolling right now, and that's a Monday Night Football game. All the divisional games, in the, they're 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 gonna matter at the end of the, at the end of the day, then, huh? Because they play Seattle later oh, on. They play the yeah. It's a lot of stuff to consider. Week 14 through so the last four weeks of the schedule are three divisional games. Shit. Yeah. Oh, man. So those are all, those all going to count. Okay. Things to consider, guys. Exciting time, guys. Should be fun. Exciting time. Yeah, just, Justin, I was, uh, I was looking on the Seattle Faithful website for when you come up to visit in November. Uh, I was thinking maybe... We can look at doing that. Maybe we could do a, a live, uh, a live pod with some of the Seattle faithful up here uh, at, at one of the local bars. I'd be down. We're gonna have to test the audio a bit, but that sounds intriguing. <laughs> sounds very intriguing, yeah. actually. What's the date are you going? When am I going, Kevin? When am I visiting you? November, the week before Thanksgiving, right? Uh, yeah, week before. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Ooh, so at Philly. Whew. No, they're playing. Niners are playing. Uh, um, oh, playing Cardinals. Oh, oh. Okay. Cardinals. I'm sorry, my bad. Okay. I was looking at the Seattle schedule. That should be cool. Yeah. So speaking of the week ahead, so going into week seven now, I'll go ahead and give you the matchup, just for shits and giggles. Uh, guess the guess the spread, okay? So the Rams yeah. coming off that shitty loss to the Niners, they go at Atlanta. Atlanta just lost to the Cardinals. And so you have the Rams at Falcons. Um, what's the spread? Just just for shits and giggles. What, what, what do you think, guys? You first came out. Go ahead, Steve. Oh. <laughs> oh, gosh. I mean, this is definitely some sort of, I mean, the Rams need to win this one. So to add a uh, that's such a that's such a toss up. I don't know. I'm gonna say Falcons. Falcons. What minus three? Over over under what? Over under. Uh, I'm gonna say uh, forty two. Okay. T up. What about you? Your turn. Just just for fun. Are we doing over unders or we're doing spreads? 
spread and over under just for just to put it out there make it fun um, I'll, do, I'll do the spread. I'll go Rams. Oh, in Atlanta, mm-hmm. Rams. Yeah, plus Rams minus five. Okay. And then what's the over under for you? <coughs> Forty four. Okay. Uh, so you guys are, well, your over under is all fucked up. It's actually over under fifty four. They're expecting a high flying game. Um, both defenses have been kind of eh lately. Uh, but the Rams are favored by three. Rams minus three oh. over under 54. How about that? Interesting. Next game, uh, Cardinals. So coming off two wins in a row. Ooh, this should be kind of interesting. So you have the battle of the top picks in this draft class. So Kyler Murray travels to New York to play the Giants against Danny Dimes. Yeah, man. <laughs> Cardinals at Giants. Murray versus Dimes. East Coast, 10 a.m. game. What say you for this? Oh, man. That's going to be... That East Coast early game for us, especially from, from coming all the way from AZ. Um, I don't know. Saquon, I think, is questionable playing this game. I'm going to give the nod to the home team. I'm going to say... Giants, be close. I'm going to say Giants minus three, over under, uh, it's not going to be super high scoring. I'm going to say over, over under 45. Okay. Not bad. What about you, Tia? Uh, I'm going to go Arizona at Giants. Uh-oh. Giants, uh, I'm going to go Giants minus one and then the over under is going to be 49 not bad so both you guys are one and one Camo nailed it with the spread it's the Giants favored by three T-Up nailed it on the over under 49 Giants three over under 49 and that was a team effort by you guys good stuff man interesting Good job. <laughs> yeah. So let's do and this. Let's do another 10 a.m. game. Uh, it seems like everyone's traveling on the road in the NFC West. So you have the Niners going to D.C. to play the Redskins, um, the Washington football team. And this is what we we're talking about. This could be a very big trap game for this Niners team. Um, Redskins have a tough front seven, but not much else. Um What's the spread for this, guys? Yeah, um, uh, the Redskins are obviously struggling to fire their head coach. They might be starting a rookie quarterback. Um, defense is pretty terrible. I'm gonna I'm gonna say the Niners are pretty 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 favored in this. I'm gonna say my, Niners minus seven over under. Let's uh, say fifty one. Oh, okay. A high scoring game on your end. Okay. What about you, Tia? Uh, Niners obviously heavily favored. They most had seven. I'm going to go. Let's go minus eight and a half. And then over under, let's go 50. Let's go 50. I'm really surprised by you guys. The Redskins can't really score that many points. I think the Niners are probably going to run the ball quite a bit and just. Get the hell out of there. Um, so the Niners are actually favored by 10. They're uh, double-digit road favorites. 10 points over under 41 and a half. Yeah, oh, man. wow. Wow. Interesting. When was the last time the Niners were favored by double digits? I want another Yeah, guy. seriously. <laughs> I'm going to have to look that up. You know why? Because the Niners have played some very terrible, terrible football the last couple of years. Let yeah. alone on the road? Uh, Shit. I don't know, man. <laughs> That's a great question. We'll look it up. Yeah. Okay, let's go ahead and bring it home. Uh, 1.30 game, Pacific Standard Time. It's the lone NFC West home game, um, but a really tough game at that. So the Ravens and the Seahawks at Seattle. Lamar Jackson, Russell Wilson... That's a pretty lit game right there. 
at Seattle. Ravens are coming off a pretty pretty convincing win themselves. So what's the line for this one? This one's a pretty interesting game. Yeah. So with my insider forecast, you know, uh, teaming up with the professor John Slayton, um, it's supposed to rain this weekend. So the edge <laughs> going, the edge automatically going to the Seahawks home game again. Um, you know, the I haven't been to a game, but I, you know, heard it's crazy loud there. I'm gonna say, uh, I'm gonna say Lamar Jackson still flustered by the noise. Um, Marcus Peters still acclimating to the team. I'm going to give it a nod to Seahawks. Could be close. I'm going to say Seahawks minus three and a half. Uh, it's going to be going to be lower score because of the weather uh, over under 40. Ooh, a big under. Okay. What about you, T-Up? Uh, I'm going to go Seahawks minus three and over under 48. Okay. Gamo, you nailed it. Uh, Seahawks are favored by three and a half, but I guess they're expecting a pretty high-scoring game. It's 50, 50 and a half right now. It's really high. It's a really high yeah. over-under. 56? Uh, 50, 50 and a half. Well, 50 and a half, 51. Well, Ravens for sure, sure are going to push 20. That's, that's a guarantee. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. We'll see how it goes. That's going to be fun. Yeah. No, but seriously, yeah. Lamar Jackson, see... Russell Wilson, you have um, the Niners, whatever. Uh, Kyler Murray, Danny Dimes, that's pretty cool. And then you have Jerry Goff and uh, Matt Ryan. Hmm. Interesting for Week 7. All right. And if in general, I think uh, they have some pretty interesting games this weekend. You know, it's just one of those things, too, where, you know, you look at the AFC, you know, you have the Chiefs and you have the Patriots, but for the NFC, there's a lot of there's a lot of teams, man, that are right there in the mix where the second half of the season should be very interesting to see who's going to remain. Um, I don't know, man. I, I didn't really see the Niners being undefeated alongside the Patriots. Let's just say that. I know, right? Yeah. Just, just how we all scripted. All right, Camo, tee up. I appreciate you guys' time. Uh, to my listeners, appreciate you following the pod, whether it's on Spotify or on iTunes. Make sure to check us out on Instagram as well, at Just the West. Twitter, at Just the West. And, of course, the blog, www.justthewest.com. Until next time, we out of here. Peace. Peace.